Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Now, the title of my message this morning is Releasing Your Past and Embracing Your Future. You see, before you can go on into your future and you can embrace what is before you, you have to let go of what is behind you. Wouldn't you agree? You've got to release it and you've got to let it go. Now, I want you to think with me, in the Bible, who do you know that had tremendous obstacles and hurdles to overcome uh, through hurts and through being mistreated and having to forgive and having to overcome in that way? Is there anyone that you can think of in the Bible that had tremendous obstacles to overcome? That's right. Joseph was a man who, as a young man, was a dreamer, wasn't he? And God gave Joseph dreams. And it wasn't just the pizza that he ate or the lamb, whatever, you know, the lamb stew. But it was from God, and God was revealing to him his future. But he, in his youthful uh, aggressiveness, really, he went out and he shared those dreams with wrong people, and they were jealous, and they lashed out at him. And what did they do? They put him in the pit. You remember that? And, uh, and the, the slave owners came by and got him, and he ended up in Potiphar's house. But you know what? The devil and man could not keep Joseph down because he would bounce back every time. And see, God's people... That's what God wants to do with us, cause us to come back and overcome every single obstacle that was there. First it was his brothers. Then it was in Potiphar's house. And you know Potiphar's wife, uh, you know, because that Joseph wouldn't uh, have a sexual relationship with uh, him, what did, uh, what did she do? She lied to her husband and got... Uh, Joseph put in prison. He found himself there and hadn't even done anything. But you know, even in the middle of prison, what did God say about Joseph? He made his way prosperous. So no matter where we are today, God wants to make your way prosperous. It may look anything but prosperous, but God wants to do that for you. And then you know the story, Joseph ended up in the king's house, didn't he? He was the second in command to Pharaoh. Think about it. A Jew going into bondage, then coming into the king's house. Folks, there's hope for us. And God gave us that story, that true story, so that we could see that. But see, any time along the way, Joseph could have held on to the hurts, to the rejection through the wounds that he experienced. And don't you think that he was not mortal and human just like we are? Yes, he was. And he was tremendously hurt. He loved his father. He loved his brothers, but they didn't love him back. So he had to release that to go on into his future. And no matter if he was in the prison, God still blessed him. Amen? Now, is there anyone else in the Scripture that stands out to you besides Joseph? That's a very good example. Jesus. Someone said Jesus. Think about what Jesus went through. 
He came to his people and they rejected him. They ridiculed him. They made fun of him. They said he was crazy. And then finally, what did they do? Crucified the Lord of glory. And so what did he say hanging on that cross in excruciating pain? Humility. Just think about what he went through. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You see, he had to release that to the Lord. And he had, in releasing it, he embraced his future that he would be the redeemer of mankind. But he had to let it go. And we have to let things go too. But you know, someone else I think about in the Bible is Hannah. You read about Hannah. And Hannah was a woman that was very loved by her husband. But he had another wife. And this wife had children. And Hannah had not been able to have children. And the other wife, after she had her children, she would mock Hannah. And she felt the rejection and the hurt and the pain that was associated to that. And you know what she did? She didn't hold on to that hurt and that pain. Of course, you know, we as women, we could say a whole lot at a time like that. But you know what she did? She fell on her knees and she talked to the Lord about it. She poured out her heart to God. And from that, releasing her past, she embraced her future, and that was to have Samuel and other children that would follow. But you know Samuel. You read about... I love to read about Samuel. I love to read about... When I was... Uh, had little children, my kids were small, I would read to them about Samuel and how that God, the voice of God, would call out to Samuel. And Samuel didn't know it at first, who it was, you know. He thought it was Eli the priest, but it was Jesus calling to that little boy. And, and God is still calling to little children today and big children, right? Amen. And so Hannah uh, was a person that had to overcome the obstacles that were thrown her way in life. As you're here this morning, I want to tell you, you may uh, identify with all of us in mankind, and that is life brings to us things that we don't want to face, brings to us hurts and wounds. You could be a person sitting here this morning, and maybe you've been through abuse. I read statistics not too long ago about children who are sexually abused. It, it's just, it's, it's horrible, absolutely horrible what's happened in our society. And if you're here this morning and that's where you've been abused as a child, maybe not sexually, but in other ways, my heart goes out to you and Jesus' heart goes out to you too. But I'm going to tell you something. God gives you the power to be able to release that and embrace what is in your future. You see, as long as you're holding on to that situation and the pain and the wounds and everything that is associated with that, you cannot go on. You are stuck there in that place and you cannot move. I want you, the Holy Spirit wants you to move forward today. You know, in, in the book of Exodus, there was a time that God spoke to the children of Israel and He said, it's time for you to move forward. I say that to you today. It is time for us to move forward. God wants to take us forward in Him, not, not remaining in our past and not going back into our past, but releasing that and going on into our future. Can you say amen? amen. 
And so there were lots of people in the Bible, that's just a few we've named here this morning, that had to overcome very, very difficult obstacles to go on into their future. And I want to tell you, God has a good future for you. He has a good future planned for you. You may not feel like it. Circumstances that you're looking at this morning may tell you that you don't have a good future, but you have a future and you have a hope because you are in Jesus Christ if you're His child. And so do not give up and do not lose heart and don't faint this morning. There's hope in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to take your Bible and I want you to turn to De Deuteronomy chapter number 30. And we're going to look here at some scriptures starting with verse number 16. Deuteronomy 30, 16. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in His ways and keep His commandments and His statutes and His judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whether thou goest to possess it. Now this is something that God spoke to His children. Are you His children? Yes, we are. We belong to the Lord. And he says there's certain things that you need to do. The first thing you need to do is you need to love God. I need to love the Lord. And then he goes on to say, keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments. Some people look at that and they think God is a hard taskmaster because he's asking us to keep his word, his statutes, whatever his values are, that they're our values. You see, we, we as the church cannot take the values of the world and embrace them to ourselves. We've got to embrace the values that God sets out. The world today will tell you that everything uh, that is wrong is right. And Isaiah prophesied it. He said there'll come a day when they'll call right wrong and they'll call wrong right. We're in that time. And so we do not embrace that kind of thinking. We, we do things the Lord's way. Well, when it comes to releasing your past and embracing your future, we've got to do it God's way. And that is to forgive people and let resentment and grudges and all those kinds of things, let it go. We have to release it. That is what his statute, his commandments tell us to do. We're going to look at, at a little uh, of those, little bit of those scriptures this morning. Now read verse number 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now I want you to think about that. Just imagine yourself sitting before the Lord. And the Lord said, I have set this before you. There's life on one side and there's death on the other. And what does he tell us to do? He said, therefore, choose life. He didn't say, therefore, choose life or death. He said, I'm telling you, if you're going to do it my way and you want the best results, then choose life. Amen. See, it's blessing and cursing. Now, I'm going to tell you, you know, uh, there's things that happen to us you know, and come into our life that are not good. But then there's other things that come into our life because we choose wrong things. Now, I remember reading this years ago in the Old Testament, and it really spoke to me. Uh, God sent half of His people, so many tribes, and He said, you go over here and you go to Mount Ebal. 
and you stand over there and I want you to pronounce certain things. And then he said, the other tribes, I want you, he split them in half, you go to the other side on this mountain over here and you stand there and I want you to pronounce some things when you go. Do you know what the pronouncing was of blessing and cursing? Mount Ebal, they pronounced the curse and said, if you do this, the curse is coming. But then on Mount Gerizim, they got there and they said, now if you do this, the blessing will be yours. I'm here to tell you this morning, if you with the hurts and the pains and the wounds and everything that you and I experience in life, if we will do it God's way and choose life and choose blessing, we're going to come out to a great future in God. And, but we have to do it His way. Do you believe what I'm saying? Some of you do, and I don't know about the rest of you. You're just looking at me. Okay, I'm going to read to you out of the Amplified Bible. You can turn in your King James if you want to. In Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians 4, and I'm going to read with verse number 30 and on. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden Him. Isn't that a horrible thing to think that you grieve the Holy Spirit of God? There have been times in my life where I've known I've grieved the Spirit. And when I did it, I was so saddened. I, I just I wanted to get things right. And if we grieve the Spirit, we want to get things right. And He says, By whom you were sealed, marked, and branded as God's own. The Holy Spirit seals us. Secured for the day of redemption of final deliverance through Christ from evil and the consequences of sin. Now we're going to read verse number 31 through here, but he's talking about don't grieve the Holy Spirit. So what's following are things that do grieve the Holy Spirit. Let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, passion, rage, bad temper, and resentment, anger, and animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and slander evil speaking, abusive or blasphemous language be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, or baseness of any kind. Put it away. Now let's go back through here and look at this. It says, let all bitterness be put away. See folks, when you were hurt, and maybe you were hurt and you were justified in feeling the hurt because we're emotional beings. But see, we're not justified in getting bitter. You, you can't, you're not justified in that. You've got to work your way through God's healing process and not get bitter. Many of you have seen people, you know them, maybe in your family, friends, co-workers or whatever, and you've seen them go through a tragedy. You've seen them suffer in their life, things that people shouldn't have to go through. And then you watch them. And some of them, you watch them and they uh, get healed and they come back and they do just fine. But other people hold on and won't release those hurts, won't allow healing to come into their life. And because they don't, then bitterness sets in. Bitterness is an ugly thing. I remember uh, watching um, uh, a show. It was a true... Uh, it was a true story, actually. And there was a mother that had lost her child, an older child, probably mid-twenties or something like that. They had been brutally murdered. And she absolutely said, I will not forgive. 
I will not let it go. Well, I can tell you this from my perspective. That would probably be a really easy thing to do if you're just going toward what your emotions are taking you toward. But you see, when you're doing it God's way and you want the blessing and not the curse in your life because bitterness is a curse. If you want the blessing, then you've got to move and flow God's way. It's hard, it's difficult, and I'll be the first one to say so, but as you go down that road, there's healing balm that's applied all along the road. And, and, and when you get to the end of that road, then you experience God's healing. It doesn't mean you don't have memories. It doesn't mean that you don't ever have to deal with a flare-up or whatever, but what it means is you have been touched by God by doing it His way and releasing the bitterness and all that's attached to it and go on with your life and embrace the future that God has for you. I don't know, but it would be a horrible thing that mother to experience her child being murdered in that way. It would be a horrible thing. How would you ever get past it? The only way you can, folks, is through the grace of God, through the Word of God, and through the Spirit of God. That's the only way that you can. But I tell you, it's a better way. It's a better way. So here uh, it's saying that you have to put these things away. Put away wrath and rage and bad temper. You see, some people respond when they're in unforgiveness and holding grudges and resentment. This is the way they respond. They're full of anger. I mean, the slightest little thing will set them off. The slightest little thing. And, you know, maybe you're the one that did the slightest little thing. But what you don't know and what I don't know and what we don't maybe understand is there is a, a deep underlying factor there that is not on the surface. You see, when you hold bitterness and you hold unforgiveness, it just takes... Just It doesn't matter what it is. And there's a flare-up. See, wrath is just like a blaze. It just... Whoosh, and then it goes away. But you know, then there's other people that are in bitterness and they don't flare up like that. You know what they do? They clam up. So you can blow up or you can clam up. And neither one of those are good. You know what the, the people that clam up, what they do? They hold it in and they internalize it. And you do not see what's going on inside of them, but there's bitterness, there's a grudge, and then pretty soon it's not just the person who did something to them, but it becomes mankind and everybody that's in their life. And they become negative and critical and nobody can do anything right. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever met someone like that? Are you someone like that? You see, you have to ask yourself. Bitterness is real. And just because you hold it in doesn't mean that you don't have it. You may clam up and you may hold that inside. And all the time, everybody looking at you and they just think, oh, well, how sweet they are until there's something that hits the button. And then when the button is hit, watch out. But now I'm telling you something. People who clam up, People who do that, their countenance will change. Their countenance will change. And they could be a person that was full of the love of God, just, you know, had a bright outlook on life, positive, but they will turn and you'll start seeing their countenance. They look different. They look weary and worn. 
I'm thinking about someone in the Bible that that happened to, Naomi. You remember the story of Naomi in the book of Ruth? Naomi was Ruth's mother-in-law, and Ruth lost her husband, Elimelech. You remember that? Well, they were living in Bethlehem, the place of bread, and all of a sudden, there was a famine came into the land, and they left. But don't you know that Bethlehem, God's provision, the place of bread, if they had stayed there, things could have been a little bit different. But they left their provision, and they went down into Moab... They went down into Moab, and when they got there, they thought, well, this is it. We found, you know, our dream place. But see, Moab was where people worshipped idols, and they didn't worship their God. But they went down there, and their boys married people, uh, two girls that weren't even Christians. But God redeemed that, didn't he, through Ruth, the daughter-in-law. But anyway, Naomi lost her husband. And then after she lost her husband, she lost her two sons. And can, can you imagine that? To be in a place where really you don't have roots and where you don't have your people even surrounding you. And you get down there and your husband dies and your two sons die. And she was coming back into Bethlehem one day. And as she was coming back, the people were running out to meet her and they were saying, who is this? Who is this? We don't know who this is, you know. And she said, well, my name is Naomi, which means pleasantness. That's my real name. But don't call me that anymore because I'm coming back, and I'm coming back bitter, and I'm coming back with grudges in my heart. He, she said, call me Myra now, which means bitterness. Call me bitter. Now, isn't that terrible? I, would, I, I don't want my countenance to change, you know, I go, I've gone through the most horrible thing in my life, but I don't want to get bitter. I don't want to have a grudge against God or anybody else. I want to, to be like Naomi and be pleasant and still have God's love in my life. But see, we can let things change us, and it's up to us to make a decision. Now... Listen to this. Let go of all the bitterness and all of that. Let it go. If you let it go, what do you have to do? You have to release it. Cast it off from you. I, I like in uh, some scripture it talks about that. Lay it aside. Lay aside bitterness and wrath and clamor and all yelling and all this stuff. Lay it aside. you know what that means? Take it off like a dirty clothes. And see, that's what you have to do when bitterness and unforgiveness and anger and all, all the things that try to rise up in our life when they're there, you have to throw them off. You have to deal with it. In other words, you can't clam up and say, well, you know, I'm just not going to deal with this right now. Well, you may need to come back and deal with things at different times. You know, maybe you, you know, go through phases and can take a little bit of time and get through that and go on to something else. I understand that. I do. I understand that. But if you're just saying, put it aside, put it aside, put it aside, put it aside, in a way that you're not, that you're clamming up and not dealing with it, then you're going to have a problem. You're going to have a problem because problem, it will come back to hurt you. Now listen to what he says, though, verse number 32. Put all that aside and become useful and helpful and kind to one another. 
See, we're not useful. We're not good for anything as long as we're living in the way that we've just read about with the bitterness and the anger and all of that. Become useful and helpful and kind to one another. Folks, I want to tell you, everybody needs to practice kindness. We need to be kind to one another. And, you know, given your personality, some personalities are given more to be kind. But you know what? You can't lean on your own human personality. You've got the Holy Spirit in you to help you with that stinking personality. You know I'm saying it right. You know I am. And so we can't hide behind, well, that's just my personality. Well, you need to get a personality change. I've had to get some personality trait changes in my life. And I know I'm not on my own. I know that you, you have and we all will, won't we? But we need to be kind and helpful and useful. And he goes on to say tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted. You see, as human beings in this world, the world is so full of hardness and harshness and unkindness. And we need to be people that do not respond in those ways. We need to be tender-hearted compassionate. And then what does he say? Forgiving one another readily and freely. Well, I'll forgive them after a month. After I make them feel real bad, then I'll forgive them. Well, aren't you glad that Jesus didn't do that to us? I sure am. Forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. Now that is a good word this morning. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.